Hello again, and welcome back to the Slow Flowers Podcast with Deborah Prinzing, episode 328. This is the weekly podcast about American flowers and the people who grow and design with them. It's all about making a conscious choice, and I invite you to join the conversation and the creative community as we discuss the vital topics of saving our domestic flower farms and supporting a floral industry that relies on a safe, seasonal, and local supply of flowers and foliage. This podcast is brought to you by slowflowers.com, the free nationwide online directory to florists, shops, and studios who design with American-grown flowers, and to the farms that grow those blooms. It's the conscious choice for buying and sending flowers. And thank you to our lead sponsor for 2017, Certified American Grown Flowers. The Certified American Grown program and label provide a guarantee for designers and consumers on the source of their flowers. Take pride in your flowers and buy with confidence. Ask for Certified American Grown Flowers. To learn more, visit americangrownflowers.org. For the past two years, I've shared special holiday music episodes, which seem festive and fitting for this season, when we all need a break from work and responsibilities. In 2015, musician, songwriter, and flower farmer Dennis Westfall of Jellamold Farm in Mount Vernon, Washington, was my guest. And in 2016, Ellen Zakos, vocalist, author, former Broadway singer and dancer, and foraged cocktails expert, sang botanical Broadway show tunes for us. Today, I'm delighted to present the third annual Slow Flowers Holiday Music Special with Earthshine, the duo featuring Scott Prinzing and Kristen Rickles Prinzing, my brother and sister-in-law, who are based in Billings, Montana. Scott and Chris and I met up this past September at the Rocky Mountain Gardening Live Conference, produced by Dan and Andra Spur, held at Chico Hot Springs in Prey, Montana. It was so much fun for me to spend an extended bit of time with Scott and Chris, and I planned ahead and asked them to record this podcast in anticipation of our holiday music special. Here's a little more about this dynamic couple. Chris is a songwriter and player of acoustic guitar and flute. She grew up spending every summer in the Beartooth Mountains of South Central Montana and spent school years in Minnesota. She has roots connecting her to Montana that date back to her great-uncle Kent Moat's 1913 homestead. In the early 50s, her then very young father purchased property in the mountains of southeastern Montana, and as a result, Chris has spent every summer of her life at this special place. In 1990, she and Scott were married there, and a few years later, they relocated to Montana permanently, joining Chris's parents and other family. Montana's wild and beautiful landscape is responsible for Chris's intense passion for the environment, which has led her to professional academic and volunteer work in conservation. Chris has also nurtured a lifelong interest in music and the arts. During college, after several years of flute, voice, classical dance, and some piano, Chris made an effort to pursue singing as a career. She recorded a demo tape and sang lead on some sessions for a local jazz producer. In 1990, Chris married Scott Prinzing, who is also a musician, though it was not until 1997 that they began to collaborate and pursue music together. In 1999, Chris began playing the guitar seriously, and soon after, she began to write songs. Scott Prinzing sings and plays bass, mandolin, and more. He was born in Connecticut, moving a number of times during his childhood, ending up in Portland, Oregon at age 11. Scott took up the acoustic guitar in fifth grade and then the bass guitar in seventh grade, and he formed his first band in eighth grade. At church, in school singing groups, and in the bands he sang and played in, Scott developed a strong baritone. In 1982 and 1988, he played and sang on studio recordings with his band Glacier. Throughout high school and college, Scott played in a total of six different bands, some concurrently. And over the years, he's learned to play several other instruments competently while continuing to concentrate on the bass guitar. During college, Scott became involved in peace and justice issues, multicultural student activities, and political campaigns. Scott majored in sociology and cross-cultural studies in the small private college where he began his education and had the opportunity to travel and study in Israel, the Philippines, Rome, Mexico, and elsewhere. His interest in politics and social justice also gave new depth to his lifelong interest in the environment. 
After marrying Chris Rickles in 1990, Scott transferred to the University of Minnesota to complete his college education and there chose to major in American Indian Studies, another lifelong interest. In 1997, Scott and Chris finally began to work on music together, culminating in the collaborative efforts that have created the music they now perform together. In 2003, Scott and Chris formed the Musico Media and Education Project, an educational nonprofit. They perform all around Billings and elsewhere in Montana with their duo, Earthshine, and they have produced three CDs featuring some of the music you'll hear today. Visit DebraPrinzing.com for more resources and photos of Scott and Chris. I wish you a wonderful holiday, happy solstice, Merry Christmas, and season's greetings. Please enjoy my musical gift to you. Welcome back to the Slow Flowers Podcast with Deborah Prinzing, and I am so incredibly delighted today to introduce my special holiday guests, Kristen Rickles Prinzing and Scott Prinzing, my wonderful sister-in-law and brother. Hi. Greetings. Hi. Season's greetings. <laughs> hey, well, we're recording this in September in Montana, so <laughs> you might well, hear... It's, uh, we're celebrating the... Uh, Autumnal equinox. That's right. That's we're right. almost there. Um, and Chris, thanks for strumming uh, okay. your guitar. We're going to hear some um, original music, uh, mostly original music, right? All original All music. Original music that Chris and Scott have uh, written and perform through their um, their musical group, which is um, Earth with no, what's it called? Earthshine. 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 Yep. Yeah. One word. Earthshine. It's a uh, an event that occurs in the heavens. Mm. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, I love that. Yeah. It's when when you see uh, a crescent moon, but you also see the gray face of the moon. Oh, yeah. That's the light of the sun reflecting off the earth, onto shining the onto the... Oh, wow. So After seeing the shine. eclipse recently, that's even more profound to yeah. think about Earth's shine. Um, you guys have had the most interesting career, uh, multifaceted career, and I just think it's fun to hear people's stories and especially personal for me to tell your story because you have always been involved in environmental education and uh, sustainability, um, kind of in a unique way in your community in Billings. So where should we start? Do you want to talk about what the first thing you did was when you left Minneapolis Twin Cities and came to Billings? Well, that I'm not sure what the first thing we did or, was. Or where the story but, starts. Yeah, well, in 2003, um, after having done a lot of different kinds of things, um, primarily related to um, working with activist groups that we were passionate about, the Sierra Club and Montana, Montana Wilderness, Wilderness Association. Association and Northern Plains Resource Council. Um, and I, I, we had just both finished our master's degrees a few years earlier, and they're both masters of education. Scott had a teaching certification, and I, mine was more of a philosophical kind of a thing, um, with a focus on environmental citizen education kinds mm. of things. And then we were doing um, some work with the local public radio station, and Scott was writing about music, and I was doing some freelance writing, and. We were doing lots of different things, and we decided we wanted to pull all that together into a little nonprofit so that we could support what we were doing and focus on it. Our idea was is we did a whole lot of different things within media, print and radio primarily, and some just like informal public education. And most of it we did for free. And we mm -hmm. had this grand idea that if we formed a nonprofit organization, we could raise funds for that and kind of support ourselves doing the work we wanted to do and not, you know, have to work a nine-to-five job for someone else. And, mm -hmm. and so we focused on the nonprofit emphasis. And, um, <laughs> and, and we achieved like that with great success. We had to yes. find other, other ways to bring income in, in food on our table. It's kind of a prinzing thing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's the way we roll, yeah. So um, you, what, was the name of, what is the name of your nonprofit? It's Musico Media and Education Project. Because okay. we're using... Media, you know, broadly defined in all the different ways we could talk about it, from broadcast to, to print, and then also doing educational events like seminars and workshops um, to educate, you know, the citizenry, the public, um, about the things that we were focusing on, which um, were environment and sustainability, music, um, visual arts at that time, and then the issues and cultural. Um, things about our uh, 
first peoples in the Americas mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and Native people. Native people in so Montana, especially. Yeah. So Musico is M-U-S-E-C, capital E-C-O. Okay. Music and ecology. Music yeah. and ecology combined. So. Well, so music is a big facet of your lives as a couple and your songwriters and singers, and we're going to have some of your music uh, interspersed in this holiday special. So let's talk about the first song we're going to hear and um, maybe... Give me a little, just tee it up for us, and then we'll we'll segue into that. Okay. Well, I think it might be fun to end with the season's greetings, our solstice song. Okay. So um, maybe what we should do is start with um, probably why don't we start with "Blooms of Clover," since that's the one song of these that's on one of our CDs. We have three CDs, and that's a song that um, I wrote in gratitude to the woman who. Um, has a private foundation and gave us a grant to do the recording of the CDs oh, in wow. 2007, I guess, I guess it was about right. Well, she gave it a grant to produce one CD and we, of course, stretched it out to fund two CDs. Yeah, we funded a little <laughs> bit of the second one ourselves too. Yeah. But anyway, and she, um, her story was interesting and inspiring and she um, talked about her mother and um, how inspiring she had been to her and and she was somebody that supported the arts and so i tried to incorporate all of that but blooms of clover was to me a metaphor for the fortune of um both us encountering this woman linda and linda who was adopted by this you know well-to-do family who was very culturally involved and and, mm. and gave her this wonderful life and that she was very grateful for mm. That's neat. It's like you told her story, but in a in a beautiful song. And tried to show our appreciation too. Oh, cool. All right. Well, let's listen to that. Yeah. 
been really um, impressed with your multi-talents <laughs> siblings and um, that involves uh, producing broadcast content um, both on radio and for TV and one of your most popular endeavors is Scott as Green Man and whose idea was this? Is this yours Chris or did you guys come up with this together? Well I remember the probably what I would call the genesis moment of the idea being when we were walking home from our office, I guess. And I mean, we can make this a really long story or we can try to <laughs> make a synopsis of it. But I remember um, one of the things that we'd struggled with over the years when we were um, involved in activist things is that, you know, Scott has long hair and a long beard. And so sometimes they try to hide him from the camera because there's this, you know, fear that people would brand us as hippies and not take us seriously. They'd let me talk to reporters on the phone or for print media. <laughs> yeah. But anytime there was like a TV camera, it's like, let's push Scott off. Uh, you know, we don't want people to have the stereotype yeah. of a yeah. bunch of, you know, crazy graying hippies. old, crazy hippies, which. You, you weren't know, really graying at that point. No, too much. and I and wasn't. you're too young well, to be no, a hippie. You were, I guess. At right. This point. I was a hippie <laughs> yeah. for Halloween not when right. I was in kindergarten. <laughs> But other than that. Other than that, we are straight-laced as they tell. <laughs> Except that we have long hair. But, and so we were walking back, and I was, we were talking about how I would really like to just flip that around and put him right out there in front. In as um, Kind of claim that for, yeah, and redefine that. it. Yeah, one of the characters that I recall from um, sort of medieval art history is the foliate head. Mm. And Scott has a striking and perhaps not... Um, Surprising resemblance to the foliate head because I fell well, in love with him. Which is ba- the foliate head is basically a man's face in general um, that is a framed, you know, with the long hair and the long beard, almost always a man, um, by foliage. Framed by ivy or something yeah, like right. that. Or oak yeah. leaves very commonly. And oak leaves, okay. And that's sort of called the green man now, right? right? Yeah. Okay. It, well, it was first called the foliate head and it's called the green man sort of in the vernacular. Right. Right. Quite a bit. Right. So, so that you just that thought now. you thought you would uh, let Scott portray the green man, yeah, pull sense. all that stuff together, and, kind of a little, and put him out front there, and make it possible for us to do some fun stuff about sustainability. Because you know, sustainable living and is it, easy, and, it and people just don't know. It, it originally began as a an idea for like some radio spots, PSAs, public service announcements, and um, then we had. I don't know if that was... Oh, we had been doing some video work. Chris had a, a, yeah, had a, a once-a-month, two-minute thing called Montana Gets Green on the lo- local TV news. The most wonderful television station on the earth, KTVQ in Billings, Montana. Okay. Yeah. Cool. CBS they're affiliate. Yeah, they're, They've been wonderful. Awesome. They're and so, so wonderful. when we wanted to start doing these PSAs, they were very supportive of that very as well and, uh, and have been all along. Yeah. But we thought, well, we could do this. And so then the whole idea of the imagery and so forth came about. And um, kind of based on Chris's master's degree and looking at how you can influence um, just you know, public opinion. How, how you can foster sustainable be- mm-hmm. behavior through communicating messages in, in ways that are things that people are open to. That are right. positive right. and that are where you're providing modeling, um, things that are... Um, Entertaining, amusing, entertaining, amusing, and, yeah, and, and disarming, and and lend mm-hmm. themselves to repetition. So you know, it's 
So these are really fast paced and there's a lot of quirkiness and and I kind of in some it's pantomime. Chris mm -hmm. narrates the whole thing and I act everything out and it's I don't know, it's almost like a little like I don't know, like Mork and Mindy or No, it's not. No, not, no, I mean just I mean just not Mork and Mindy, but I think of, you know, like um, like a duo, you hear, hear her voice, and then you're. Well, I'm just it's thinking, like a vignette. I'm just thinking Robin Williams being very um, using a lot exaggerated. of exaggerated, exaggerated, a little bit of body comedy, yeah. and then Jim some, Carrey, yeah. some kind of you know play on words, but it's a little story. Every time. So, um, tell me some of the themes that you've done. I remember seeing them. So, um, I, but I also well, I should say too that it's called Green Smarts with the Green Man. Okay, and people want to see them. It's uh, greenmantv.org. Yeah. We will. Although I have to warn everybody that I have not updated the website real recently, but I'm hoping to do so before this. <laughs> Pressure. So, so that it will be good this for is, mobile. This is how I get a lot of people to do their <laughs> updates. Yeah. Well, we have. There's things about, um, you know, about food, about water usage, energy, energy, the big things. Um, Recycling. Recycling. Not a lot about recycling. No, but there is one I remember. There is a little bit. With some there's recycling within. Yeah, there's a lot recycling with. Oh, okay. But um, there was something yeah, about the, one about paper that has recycling. Electronics okay. recycling. Mm -hmm. That yeah, was a specific. That was an early one. one. Um, and then there's also holiday some, theme. There's, yeah, there's a good holiday there's a, one. Uh, Green Man's Christmas. They all have little titles, you know. Yeah. So how many did you do? It's about two dozen. Wow. Yeah. And you've got funding for this. Some. A little bit. Yeah, the Greater <laughs> Montana Foundation has been a, a stalwart supporter of our work. They mm -hmm. don't give big grants, but we, you know, we, seed money kind of thing. We're great at yeah. working on nothing. So yeah. their little bit has gone a long way. And That's then we neat. appreciate what they've done. And then we've also um, gotten sponsorship from some local businesses yeah, that get a little credit really at the end. Um, I especially wanted to just mention a local business, Sylvan Peak. Um, which is an outdoor retailer in Red Lodge, and they have um, the owners are good friends of ours, and they've just been wonderful supporters and hmm. are great folks. Yeah, <laughs> and they get you totally. So there's a song that you want to share, uh, having to do with yeah. The... Well, I'll tell you just a little bit of background about this. Um, I also became for a few years. I was on the Montana or the Humanities Montana Speakers Bureau, talking about the. Um, the art and architecture of um, the, green, the foliate head. Although uh -huh. I had a different kind of convoluted academic title. I was always trying to fix the title. But it was basically about the green man. Because, yeah. you know, there's, there's a kind of a basic understanding of the green man amongst a few people in the world, but a general lack of knowledge about the depth and the history of it. And yeah. it's a really fascinating I history. wouldn't know it. And it connects to a lot of different things, and it has some really... Um, wonderful insights to share. So um, I have that kind of background too. And so I wrote a song um, in 2015, after many years of being into this thing and producing and having um, the Green Sports with the Green Man airing since 2008 on television, um, I wrote a song called Facing the Leaves mm. in 2015. And that kind of, that tries to cover the whole thing about the Green Man as, you know, as the foliate head and the, mm. the connection with the folklore of, um, the British Isles in that area. Oh, good. Well, yeah. you just are, as human beings, our tendency to see and recognize faces. And so oftentimes, in all kinds of uh, cultural traditions, there are um, what we call anthropomorphic, uh, anthropomorphic um, representations yeah. in yeah. living things, you know, oh, other yeah. plants and whatnot. And so it's. And I have some. We grand see those about things, all that you know. In brain science and Cool. Well, let's hear the song. <laughs> okay. Soft steps in the woods where shadows stray from trees. Old as his clay, their soaring boughs dwarf me. Feeling a chill. Quick and clumsy feet Sun rays peer in The disappearing greenery Sun rays shine in Just to vanish fleetingly Green. When the world does revive once again, 
Shall appear the old face of the spring Shall appear our old Jack in the Green Now the tale that they tell has warned of Wildwood's fast Looking about In the timber and the glass Harm he does none But harm sees ancient growth The closer we get He melts back to these woods, the closer he gets, leaves again look as they should. Are those eyes under brows made of leaves? Do I sense a heart looking at me From this foliage full flowing beard Doth emerge the old visage of spring Doth emerge our old Jack in the green musicians, you're not only performing your own music, you're really uh, deeply interested in the music of the native indigenous people of 
not just Montana, but the Northern Plains, right? Is well, that- really, um, you know, without spending the entire hour talking about this, I'll try and condense it because, like Chris, having done her um, Humanities Montana um, stint, I do presentations through Humanities, Man- Humanities Montana called um, Even More Than Drums and Flutes. Mm. And so I, it's about contemporary American Indian music um, and trying to convey to people that the Native peoples throughout North America, uh, people generally think of them and their musical traditions being like the cedar flute and the powwow drum right. and, and more of a, kind a of frozen, chanting type. Frozen in time right. almost. Yeah. And, um, you know, there are literally... I w- it would be hard-pressed to find a music genre where there are not some uh, native musicians of note making uh, music. And a lot, there are a lot of very successful and influential musicians that people have no idea that mm. they're native. Um, I was so excited. A couple weeks ago, we got to see a, a film that came out this past summer um, called Rumble. Uh, the Indians who rock the world, mm. and it's all about what my talk has been oh, about cool. for the last decade. Awesome! But, we um, didn't have to produce this. this no, <laughs> no. Just point to it. <laughs> I was hoping that they would contact me for a quote. But, yeah, really. <laughs> um, I uh, and I had produced some uh, materials, curriculum materials for the state of Montana, which has um, there's something called Indian Education for All, which is mandated that all public school students have to have learn about Montana's native people in across the curriculum and so they didn't really have anything for music teachers mm. and so um, you worked I, on it. I ended up developing those and as a result it, it's led to many other things but um, including a chapter in a book called indigenous pop which was published last year oh yeah I remember uh, that. yeah through, with University of Oklahoma sorry University of Arizona mm. press and I uh, you know I right I wrote this chapter and and I was I'm side by side by all these people who have PhDs and whatnot and I, but they uh, they recognize your your kind of a w- deep deep knowledge about this one facet yeah. of music yeah they did. and so I um I I as a result of that and what we do in Musico is we produced a series so f- I don't know if we're going to end up doing any more but we did five like 12 to 15 minute long uh, video uh, profiles of Montana mm. native musicians. Oh, and so there's a couple, you know, like... There's a website called even more even dot more, TV. But I have to yeah. re-up that even more dot, Oh, I did it, yeah. Dot .tv. Okay. And so we'll put a we, link to that. And um, It's not too fancy, but you know. No, but it's, it's... We just wanted to get the information out there. And, um, you know, one of the artists who um, I featured is a, a rapper who's Crow or... Absalica um, from Montana, and he uh, was just featured. He was in this film, Rumble, just briefly because he was in the video that won uh, an MTV Video Music Award mm. this year that was produced in support of the Standing Rock um, issue, the yeah. issue with the, the pipeline so cool. and so forth. And um, anyway, that video won that particular award and so all of these native artists are just such amazing people oh that's so cool yeah um i don't know if we have a song specific relating to that but we're going to listen to whirling earth next can you talk a little bit about that song yeah well and you know underlying all these different things that we're always juggling um earthshine has been the name of our duo since i guess 2001 or two 2002 i think that's when we it's your 15th anniversary year yeah (laughs) crazy um, we had our first performance as Earthshine in February, was it? Yeah, February, February 11th, our friend Britt Eddy's birthday mm. of 2002. And um, so anyway, but we'd been doing music stuff together kind of informally and doing Co- some other cover songs. Cover songs where we'd often rewrite the but words. these are all, I, I do things. most of the writing, but Scott is the, um, the guy that brings in all the harmonies and helps with, you know, he creates all of his musical parts and helps with some of the arranging and, Neat. and gives me feedback here and there. So, um, so that's what we're always doing while we're doing all this other stuff. And so this next song, Whirling Earth, is one that um, is pretty recent. It was 2014. 
Um, and it's just one where I, it's a pretty meditative song. And a lot of my songs are pretty meditative. A lot of people call our music soothing. <laughs> but uh, we have a, a website for that, too. Another one that will require a little updating prior to <laughs> No pressure. Christmas. Yeah. But that's, um, it's called, it's earthshinemontana.com. Okay. But anyway, so this, this song is just an exploration of the four seasons. And mm. the, the chorus is, whirling earth travels far, forever drawn around its star again. And the connection we can make is that um, almost every indigenous culture across North America um, traditionally based their lives around the changing of the seasons and recognized those things and had uh, names for the different moons that were much more descriptive or creative. You know, their months were... About what they were experiencing in those. Like cherry popping moon or leaf falling moon you know they're very descriptive Mm. and the seasons in the same way what would the december uh like the winter solstice was it chonkapopoween in dakota was that Uh, in dakota yeah that was so that was choke cherry popping moon choke cherry popping moon cool something like that since we're coming up on that it's wonderful to yeah to think about well this is uh let's listen to whirling earth then
thanks so much. That was wonderful. Chris, can you uh, just talk about your songwriting process? Like, I know the next song we're going to listen to has to do with a garden that I love in Seattle. Like, how did that come about? Well, yeah, I'd love to. It's, you know, really one of my great joys in life is songwriting. Um, both of us are creative types, so those, those experiences are cherished. So for me, I, you know, I, I basically will listen, you know, I, when I, it's, it happens so often that when I'm sort of getting the guitar sort of warmed up, when I begin to practice, and I practice every day, twice a day, um, a short practice and then a longer practice later in the day. Where and I where I join in. Uh-huh. Scott joins in for the long <laughs> practice. Um, but you're so I, disciplined. I'm impressed. <laughs> oh, she's. I, I'm definition. disciplined about some things, but I could be more disciplined about others. But um, usually, when I'm like getting the guitar warmed up, I I often will strum something in an alternate tuning in a way that doesn't actually make sense. Like mm-hmm. I'll just put some chord form onto the strings, and it'll sound funky. But but oftentimes, I find interesting music that way, or just interesting sure. musical ideas, and then I'll expound on that so it just the music usually drives my interest in oh that sounds like a song that might come out of that and then I'll sort of let it unfold itself a little bit sometimes I have something that's on my mind or in my heart that will coordinate with that you know what's the music is saying to me and then I'll write a song about that lately um, just recently I had like a songwriting challenge for the last two years and I had I wanted to write a song about reptiles about fish and lost ancient beasts, and I've all done... in one song. No, oh, no. three different songs. And I've, I just finished the fish, the fish song. Um, and it's about rainbow trout, and the, I did last year. I did the one about snakes, and it's called. It's either going to be called coiled or basilisk. We haven't decided yet, but I'm not. I, I might give up on the lost ancient beasts. <laughs> all kinds of. So, I'm sorry, Scott. I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh well, I, I was just. I wanted to add about her songwriting is. You know, I started playing guitar when I was 10 years old, and I played in bands, and I would write songs because I'd often f- have a clever phrase or something, and I, or something I wanted to write about, and I'd sit down and I'd write all the lyrics, and then I'd try and put music to it. Chris didn't even pick up the guitar really till she was like 30, and started learning to play. And Although I had musical training. Yeah, she yeah. had she played flute, flute and, and trombone. You could read music. Yeah. But um, any case, she. Um, not really being proficient enough to learn and play other people's songs, just started creating her own songs as a way to practice and whatnot, and um, came up with all these great songs. And really, you hear a lot, a lot of artists say this, but I can really say that Chris writes for herself. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, she probably has over 150 songs. Yeah. And... Um, which is why we have to practice every day so we can we don't <laughs> forget, forget them. them but she we really had to almost kind of be persuaded to record and and even perform well I really liked you to, liked perform to perform and, one, you and wanted to persuade me yeah I needed to, to persuade her to but it was um, for in a lot of ways every time we'd perform someone would come up and say oh do you guys have a CD and we're like uh, no. Well, you should really record. It costs money. And it yeah. does cost money. Yeah. But we recorded... It's the dilemma of musicians. A, a, a minimal, a minimalist uh, CD initially. And um, and that was when, how it led to this other woman asking, you know, what she, would it take to to record we, she, a better She um, was at a, a little cafe that we were playing in, mm. in Red Lodge. And had heard us a couple times and was intrigued. Well, and the other thing, my the lyrics are incredibly important to me. They are really um, something that I focus on a lot. I try to make them... Um, as good as I can. It's really important to me. Yeah, so. you're a storyteller. And well, no, I'm not a storyteller. I would say I don't like to use the word because I feel like it's almost a little arrogant in a way, but I feel like it's. I, I try to be as good of a poet as I can be. Oh, oh. You know, Scott's it's a really, storyteller. Yeah. I try, I'm more of a poet. Actually, that's a really good balance for you as a, as a yeah, performer. Yeah, totally. So we're going to hear a song called Kubota Gardens, and Kubota Garden is near, uh, in South Seattle, a wonderful garden near where Bruce and I used to live. And somehow, a magical place. Yeah. yeah. It, it was the magic that inspired me. And did you... Was it winter when you were there? I can't remember. I don't remember. No, I think we were there. Well, it says 11... So well, 2002, but I think I remember we practicing it in your house one time, and I, it's, I mean, it always seems like it's summer in Seattle, mm. no matter when we're there, because Montana and Seattle are so different in terms mm. of the climate, but mm-hmm. I, I, it was summer. When okay, we were there, so it really, sure. re, you responded to just what, what you, um, 
observed and experienced yeah. just walking through the garden. Well, and I remember with you, it was with you and Benjamin and Alex, and I remember like the second verse, um, Hemlock hanging closely. We, or was it just Benjamin or was it Benjamin and Alex? Anyway, I remember us going well, under the hemlock and there was this play, place you could hide under there yeah. together. And I remember at least the three of us were under there I, yeah. giggling about they that. Were, they were 10 and 5. Yeah. 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 That's and it, wonderful. And it was almost yeah. like a... It's like you know, a like little a, hideout. Like a place where you'd find Yoda or the <laughs> Hobbits or it something. Was wonderful. You know? And then the, there's another line that talks about pennies and a lantern, and there's just like this mm, lantern, and then people like a put Japanese lantern. Mm-hmm. This is just a it's great place. wonderful. Okay, yeah. good. So let's hear this song, Kubota Garden. Slip behind the trellis, please, and sky high. I always wanted something that passed me by. Searched above for reasons on lonely nights Out upon the twilight Hemlock hanging closely draws me in Shadows soar above me where hasty winds Cast above for secrets on lofty limbs upon the twilight Dangling from a branch the fruits of sin Barely within reach to pluck I think Puzzledly to know we'll conceal something Out upon the Those boys are now 25 and and 20. (laughs) Well, so what's on the horizon for you now? I mean, you have so, you're, you're, in a way, Scott and I are so similar as siblings that we have this crazy curiosity about many things. So we get our fingers dipped into lots of, lots of different interesting projects. And um, sometimes you have to focus. Are you, are you guys able to focus more? No. No. (laughs) That's what you're good at. You're terrible at that. Well, it took me until I was like 50 to do that. Well, Well. it took me until I was 50 to decide what I wanted to do when I grew up. That's true. When I grow up. Oh, wait. By the way, I haven't said he's my little brother. I'm the baby brother. And um, and a couple years ago, I went back to school and uh, into a graduate program again to become a certified uh, school librarian, basically. It's called a, a... library media specialist in Montana. But and so I work uh, part-time as a school librarian on the uh, an, a res- Indian reservation in Montana. Which tribe is it? The Northern Cheyenne. Okay. And uh, and so I'm just, oh, I, I'm surrounded by books him. and get to read to kids we and help them find. Telling, we keep saying to each other, we can't believe it, it took us this long to figure out your yeah. calling. But oh, I, you know, I, so I get to organize everything, which... Um, that's I, the only thing I like to organize in my life are like books and 
record albums and CDs. It's so true. So it's just perfect for me. And I suppose videotapes and DVDs work as well. But he's so wonderful with kids. Kids love him, and he can reach them so well. And, you know, it's just it's a wonderful, wonderful profession. I already uh, was a certified uh, elementary teacher, but most of my... uh, professional experience had been at the high school and mm-hmm. middle school level mm-hmm. um, but this is a way that I work all ages I, 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 I'm yeah, the only the only librarian for the school district and there's an elementary school and then a combined junior high and high school so I split my time between the two of them but um, one of the projects I have a couple different things I'm working on but one of them is I, I have a book that I'm trying to slowly work on which is um, kind of an extension of my Humanities Montana talks and, mm. and my curriculum idea and it's funny because I was going to call. Well, I don't want to tell the title of it, but yeah. um, young adult, <laughs> like kind of. Uh, uh, I was going to say slow music. Yeah. Hey, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's uh, it's basically about a book for young adults or um, about American Indians creating music in all these different genres. Oh, neat. More profiles of these individuals. Yeah. Because yeah. they're role models. They're really role models. Absolutely, and it's it's those stories aren't taught in mainstream schools and they're probably not taught in native tribal schools because the resource is just not available and yeah. you, right. you've got to create well, it. And, I, and when I go and give talks um, and I've been you know, in native communities or on a, in a school on a reservation or at a college or something or a conference you know, initially I used to think you know, I've been in a room full of native educators and you know, they're going to think who's this right. non-native person coming in to tell us well, I generally know more about what I'm talking about than anyone else in because the room. You've just devoted your yeah. This your is my my focus, and they're yeah. always so appreciative and, and come up and and have things to add or things to ask, and uh, so it's just my little niche. And uh, when people, one of the things I like to say when people ask me, sometimes native people will say, "Why, you know, how did you choose this, or what's your, why is this your focus?" Um, you know, as, as a white man, yeah. And so um, I. The phrase that I came up with, which really reflects um, how I feel, is I say uh, it's my way of paying rent. Mm. Because mm-hmm. in Billings, Montana, we're living in the heart of the traditional Crow reservation, and um, Crow. they're Crow homelands. T- homelands. Yeah, yeah, and you're, you're just renting there, yeah. and it's out of gratitude. Yeah, you know, and, yeah. and recognition of the struggles of these people and. And celebrating, celebrating what they've achieved. And what they still achieve and how wonderful they are. Yeah, I love that. And Chris, how about you? What, what, when Scott's up on the reservation three days a week or something like that, what is your main... I know you also have so many wonderful talents. <laughs> and how do you balance all your interesting projects? Uh, well, it's... it's I continue, I Every day I <laughs> lash myself with many noodles about how Gosh. juggling is not my you know, my skill, I should knock it off, but, but I do it. And so, you know, I, I continue to do the, you know, uh, running Musico, and right now I have a film project that um, will be airing in a few months from when this airs um, about the designation of the Absarca Beartooth Wilderness, which is a very special place to my and our hearts, where we were married and where I grew up in the center of the cent- my being. The center of our known universe. Yes. Mm-hmm. And... Um, but so, you know, there's still that kind of thing with Musico. We're still producing The Green Man, although it takes us a lot more time, especially when Scott's not around as much. Um, and, but I'm hoping to start a doctoral program next fall that relates to another area that I've been working in recently, which is conflict resolution, which, you know, as this world continues to have more and more people, we have more and more conflict. And so it's, you know, it's just a small way to help bring peace to the world and help maybe people learn those kinds of skills. Right. It's another way of sustainability. You're, yeah. you're sustaining relationships in a in a hum, humane way, yeah. and we do need that. Well, and then also spending time with my parents, who are very cherished by both of us. And they're nanogenarians, is that what Yeah, I guess that would them? be right. They're in their early to mid-90s. But, yeah. but connecting to this, I can't even believe we haven't mentioned our gardening. As oh we spend gosh, half yeah. of our summer, <laughs> if we have... We have a, a lot large of garden plots in our backyard. We're going to do more flowers. We have, we have, <laughs> I'm, I'm also a naturalist. We have two, two plots at one community garden at one church and four plots at another. And they're like, you know, eight by eight. So we have 16 by 16 yeah, and then feet there. Two home gardens. And That's crazy. I didn't know you had crazy. property off of Yeah, we have home. two community gardens. We used to garden in a neighbor's backyard, too, when they moved out. 
into a nursing home. We used their garden space. So it's harvest time right now, and I'm feeling like I should be home doing some canning because we also have um, fruit trees, and our apple tree had a wonderful year, and so oh, incredible. Well, I'm going to send you off pretty soon to drive back to from Prey, Montana, to Billings, Montana. How long will that take? It oh. takes us about three hours. We drive okay. 55. Yeah, takes okay. most people less time. Gas. But yeah. We, uh, you're energy efficient. Yeah, we yeah. save, we get, we get better <laughs> gas mileage at 55 miles an hour. And there's a green, uh, green man episode. All about that. About it's that. one of our oldest ones. I'm hoping to reshoot it. So maybe by Christmas. Green man fuel. saves us some gas. Saves us some fuel, actually. Fuel, sorry. Well, I am excited that I just heard Chris, I don't know if any, every, everybody picked up on it, but Chris did say she's going to grow more flowers. So yes. amen, sister. I love it. Well, and we have, you know. We have quite a few flowers, but nothing like, you know, we have, of course, amazing. They're all for the pollinators. Yeah. Marigolds. That's how people get into it. Marigolds totally, yeah. and, and I've been, well, I've been drawing. petunias. I've been doing a lot of drawing of, like, botanical drawing this last year. And that's part of why, but, like, my favorite. Irises. I mean, my new favorite, in some ways, is marigolds, because they're wonderful to draw. Mm-hmm. But Lilies. those lantanas, do you know about those? Those are mm-hmm. great. Those lantanas. wonderful gradient. You know? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I want and, to see those. And in the yeah. house, we have lots of plants. They're not all flowering yeah, we plants. Have, but we have, I've, I've had a house plant addiction for my adult. What would you say, over life. over 100? I have, last plants. time I counted, it was 131. God, you guys amaze me. I'm so glad I had this time with you. We're, <laughs> we're going to end with, um, with a wonderful holiday song that Chris wrote called Season's Greetings. And um, do you want to talk a little bit about the, the inspiration for this song? Because it's not a Christmas carol at all, is it? No. Well, it's a solstice song. It's, it's a song that we are Unitarian Universalists, and in our tradition, um, it incorporates... We have a series of principles, and then we have a series of sources. And our sources are from many uh, faith traditions around the world. And so in this song, I kind of um, try to talk about the origins of so much of what we experience as Christmas, the symbols, you know, holly and, you you know, how snow itself plays into what we perceive as the appropriate symbols for the Christmas season. Mm-hmm. And so I talk about all of that, but I'll just, you know, just, um, you know, the traditions of sharing together stories and spending time together and lighting candles and, and simple things that are really very traditional and very ancient and have spanned, especially cultures in that, the, the part of the world that gets cold. Yes, that time of year. right, right. So let's listen to Season's Greetings. All right, Season's Greetings to all of your <laughs> listeners, <Yeah>. too. <laughs> All right, we'll go out on this. Thanks so much. And please uh, plan on visiting DebraPrinzing.com for our show notes to see photos of Chris and Scott and hear links, links to all their sites and all their social places. And um, you have to let me know if you think Scott and I look alike. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Deb. Thanks so much, you guys. Thank you. Too much more night We respond
great white snow that covers everything. Hey, hey, once again, the solstice time has come. Seasons greetings are on every tongue. Leaves are falling back in autumn days. Under snow patiently spring away. Hey, hey, it's once again. much for joining us today. The Slow Flowers podcast has been downloaded more than 264,000 times by listeners like you. Thank you to each one of you for downloading, listening, commenting, and sharing. It means so much. Next week, during the final episode of 2017, I will share our year in review. The Slow Flowers movement and you, the community, have achieved and accomplished so much goodness this year, and it's time to celebrate our successes. Please join me on Wednesday, December 27th for this special tribute to 2017. If you value the content you receive each week, I invite you to show your thanks and support the Slow Flowers podcast with a donation. The button can be found on our homepage in the right column. Your contributions will help make it possible to transcribe future episodes of the podcast. Thank you to our family of sponsors. Arctic Alaska Peonies, a cooperative of 50 family farms in the heart of Alaska, providing high-quality, American-grown peony flowers during the months of July and August. Visit them today at arcticalaskapeonies.com. The Seattle Wholesale Growers Market, a farmer-owned cooperative committed to providing the very best the Pacific Northwest has to offer in cut flowers, foliages, and plants. The Growers Market's mission is to foster a vibrant marketplace that sustains local flower farms and provides top-quality products and services to the local floral industry. Find them at seattlewholesalegrowersmarket.com. Longfield Gardens provides home gardeners with high-quality flower bulbs and perennials. Their online store offers plants for every region and every season, from tulips and daffodils to dahlias, caladiums, and amaryllis. Visit them at longfield-gardens.com. Syndicate Sales, an American manufacturer of vases and accessories for the professional florist. Look for the American flag icon to find Syndicate's USA-made products and join the Syndicate Stars loyalty program at syndicatesales.com. Johnny's Selected Seeds, an employee-owned company that provides our industry with the best flower, herb, and vegetable seeds, supplied to farms large and small, and even backyard cutting gardens like mine. Check them out at johnny'sseeds.com. The Association of Specialty Cut Flower Growers, formed in 1988, ASCFG, was created to educate, unite, and support commercial cut flower growers. Its mission is to help growers produce high-quality flower material and to foster and promote the local availability of that product. Learn more at ASCFG.org. I'm Deborah Prinzing, host and producer of the Slow Flowers Podcast. Next week, you're invited to join me in putting more American-grown flowers on the table, one vase at a time. And if you like what you hear, please consider logging onto iTunes and posting a listener review. The content and opinions expressed here are either mine alone or those of my guests alone, independent of any podcast sponsor or other person, company, or organization. The Slow Flowers Podcast is engineered and edited by Andrew Brenlin. Learn more about his work at kinetictreefitness.com. Thank you.